Hi, I'm Carrie Hickenlooper at Sister Scriptorians, where we are devoted to learning, likening, and lifting others one principle at a time. Bonus episode, Our Journey to Depart. Hi friends, I wanted to meet back with you as soon as possible today, and I wanted to ask you a question. What kind of traveler are you? I'm assuming you've had an opportunity to read Beware of Pride by President Ezra Taft Benson. It's a good one, but there's a lot to think about. It can be a little overwhelming, in some ways, it can be like, okay, okay, I'm doing good, I'm good, I'm doing good. But then all of a sudden, the next sentence gives you a doozy. And then maybe another doozy and another doozy. And I wanted to ask you, what kind of traveler are you? I know the majority of us are women that are listening to this. And whenever we go on a trip, there's a lot that lands on our shoulders. Oh my goodness. I love going on trips. But I love it when all of the work is done and I'm in the car. Because there is a lot of prep work that goes into getting a family ready to go on a trip. First, there's the packing. And the packing portion is really intense for me. I, I don't know if I do. <laughs> I don't know if I do it well. I probably punish myself. I don't know. But I have in my mind, this is how I handle things. Maybe you are like me, and maybe you are a little more sane than I am. I first have to do all of the laundry. I spend a couple of days just cranking that washing machine and dryer, and I am doing all of the laundry that I can find. Because my thought is, if I can do all of the laundry, then I can just easily pick what each child needs in order to be able to go on our trip, and it's going to be helpful. And my, my other thought is, if I do all of the laundry, then when I come back from my trip, I am inevitably bringing into my home more dirty laundry. So let's not add more dirty laundry on top of my mountain of dirty laundry that I left. So that's my thought process. I also make lists of things that I don't want to forget. And now that my children are getting older, then I sit down with them and I I make a list with them, thinking about all of the things that they need to pack, and I give them that list. And it doesn't even matter if I say three pairs of underwear and five pairs of socks. It doesn't even matter. The numbers aren't going to be correct, but at least they're learning how to pack themselves. That's my thought process. I also feel like I must clean my entire house. The bathrooms, the kitchen, the bedrooms, that it all needs to be clean because I'm going to be bringing my crazy back home with me after my trip and I want to be able to enter into a clean house. And so also I'm thinking about a safety list like before I leave like I'm checking I'm checking to make sure that the AC isn't cranked up or or the heater isn't or that the windows are closed that the trash has been taken out so we don't come home to a stinky a stinky house because of the trash Anyways, uh, the mail, making sure that the mail is taken care of, if we're going to be gone during garbage day, making sure that is, you know, going to be taken out. I'm also 
in charge of packing everything for the children and for myself. There are some amazing mothers and wives out there that also pack their husband. I don't, so he's in charge of him. And that works for us. But kudos to you women that also pack your husband. That's amazing. And so inevitably, I go through all of this and I'm kind of a basket case because we're also thinking about what are what are we going to do in the car? Because usually our, our trips are road trips. So what are the kids going to do in the car? My husband will maybe download some movies. We try not watch too many of those, but, you know, we do. And... <laughs> And then my husband also really likes to make music playlists. And so we, you know, we're thinking about, you know, all the coloring books and books and toys that the kids might want to play with in the car. Where are we going to eat? What stops are we going to make? When are we going to need to refuel? What are we going to do when we get there? And then the inevitable question of when are we going to get there is, is coursing through my mind. And I always have this thought this like little deadline that I want to be out of my driveway, you know, by a certain time, because I have already projected like how long it's going to take us to get there and what time I want to get there. And usually we're about an hour late, at least from my projected time. And then through all of that, then I can relax a little bit until the kids start getting antsy. But then no matter what my preparations are, I have forgotten something for myself. Like I have forgotten something essential, like a toothbrush. There's usually just some little thing that is missing. Though <laughs> I've had one of my cute friends that she got everybody's, you know, pillows and and duffel bags out the door and packed, and then forgot hers. I think I think I remember this right. Her husband even asked, "What about this duffel bag?" And she's like, "No, we don't need that." And so, and it was her duffel bag. So she had ended up forgetting everything. But this is the process that a lot of us moms and women go through when we are beginning a trip. The journey of departing from pride and becoming like our Father in Heaven is different. It is totally and completely different. And I think this is just another example, though I I don't think Nephi had this in mind when he was writing his set of scriptures. But I think we can pattern ourselves after the journey that Lehi and his family took as they left Jerusalem. That we can pattern our departure from pride like them. Lehi's family had a general idea of how to leave Jerusalem. In some of the readings that I've done, it sounds like that he probably followed along a, a general trading path, maybe. He wasn't just leaving the city of Jerusalem and just randomly picking a, a direction and heading. That he began by taking just a familiar route to leave Jerusalem. Also, he only took provisions and a tent and his family. Remember, he left all of his precious things behind. Now, he had a wife... Sariah, who maybe was doing the whole planning out scenarios that us women are really good at doing. Okay, if this scenario happens, then we're going to need these list of supplies. And if this scenario happens, we're going to need this list of supplies. That is what I do when I'm preparing to go camping. And I end up taking like almost my entire house. And before I get in the car, I'm thinking, what is the point? 
Anyways, I bet Mother Soraya is going through this and, and thinking of all those scenarios, but they make a point to say that they only took provisions, a tent, and their family. They could only plan for one step at a time. There are some people that have it in their mind that once Lehi and his family left Jerusalem, they left all civilization. And I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. In some of the reading that I've done, that isn't the case. In fact, most likely, Lehi and his family did some trading along the way with different groups of people that they would have, that they would have passed through different civilizations. They may have been remote areas, but that there were people along the way that they would run into. So what this tells me is that Lehi and his family only prepared for one step at a time. I think it was around eight years that scholars think that Lehi and his family were in the wilderness. And eight years worth of provision is impossible to be able to gather and carry with you and keep good and fresh. So basically, Nephi and Lehi, they only could just take one step at a time. They also knew the destination. Lehi was traveling to the promised land. And that is the direction he faced. But he got to a point in which he camped for quite a while and remained in his place until further direction from the Lord. So how can we relate this back to our departure from pride? We are not on a vacation or just a trip. Our departure from pride is a journey. It's a lifetime journey, and it is a journey that we can only prepare for one step at a time. We can begin by reading Beware of Pride by President Benson, and we can have a general idea of what we want to depart from. And we can prepare just enough provisions for that one step. Something about us women I think we want to run faster than we possibly can in our human form. And because we love deeply and because we care deeply about our Heavenly Father and our Savior and our families and our stewardships, we want to be perfect right now and we want to do it all right now. We want to be free of all ungodliness right now. And that's where we start to get really hard on ourselves because our hearts want it really bad. But that's not what this journey of becoming is made to be like. It's made to be one step at a time. To shed off one tentacle of pride at a time with the provisions that you have in your possession at this moment. And there are going to be times that you're going to camp for a while as you work on shedding that tentacle and you're going to practice it over and over again until you got it right. And so therefore, you're going to need to give yourself space and you're going to give yourself time with a little bit of mercy to wrestle and leave behind what aspect of pride you're currently struggling with. And you're going to know through the Spirit when enough is enough. And just like Lehi received the Leahona outside of his tent and the Leahona told him it was time to move on and it was time and he was given the direction of which way he should move on the spirit is going to speak to you 
and let you know when it's time to move on. And you're going to take this journey step by step. It is not an all at once journey. It's just one tentacle at a time. So which tentacle do you begin with? I don't know. Some people might want to begin with the easiest. There's some of us who like to dive in and do the hard, get that done with. My suggestion, what my personality says, is begin with whatever you think might be standing in your way from feeling the love of your Heavenly Father and of your Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you were to work on that with their help and their guidance, then your ability to feel their love will grow and it will help you on your journey of departing from pride. And this is going to provide you with the all-important provisions that you're in need of for this journey. It's going to help us to be able to develop that humility and meekness, the submissiveness and a broken heart and a contrite spirit that President Benson promises will come to us as we depart from pride. These attributes will equip us with the nutrients that our souls and our bodies are in need of on our journey. We're going to want to choose our route carefully. Just like Lehi began his journey on a familiar route. And just like when we go on trips, we study out which route we want to take. We're going to want to figure out the route that's going to be best for us for whatever aspect of pride we are working on. Maybe it's going to be that we want to conquer enmity towards others by esteeming them as ourselves and lifting them as high or higher than we are. So we're going to look at people that maybe we kind of struggle with. And we're going to figure out ways on how we can lift them and be there for them. President Benson also offers another route of receiving counsel and and chastisement or forgiving those who have offended us, or giving selfless service. Perhaps, in order for us to be able to conquer pride, a mission is in our sights, and to be able to preach the word of God to help others become humble will then help us shed some tentacles of pride. Going to the temple more frequently may be a route that you can work into your week, or just confessing or forsaking sin, an important route that we may choose to go on is a journey to get to know the love of God and to know Him, His attributes and characteristics and accept His love and His workings in our daily lives. Next, don't forget to express gratitude for this experience. Yes, you're going to be working on hard things, but how grateful should you be that you have the opportunity to work on hard things? that your life here on earth hasn't been cut short and that you have been given the time and the space to be able to become a little better than you were before. I love how Lehi took moments, I feel critical moments, to express gratitude. And when they had journeyed and got to a safe place to camp, that was one of the first things they did. And it came to pass that he built an altar of stone and made an offering unto the Lord, and gave thanks unto the Lord our God. We need to still be looking for those tender mercies in our daily lives and expressing gratitude to the gift giver. This isn't something that we are meant to do on our own strength. In fact, pride gives us a false sense of strength. Something that I have been guilty of feeling before 
is that I need to do this on my own so that I can be worthy to come unto the Lord. But that is not what he wants. The Savior's invitation is to come unto me. But he doesn't remove himself in the process. So as we are departing from pride, let us be grateful for when he shows up. Let us be grateful for his gifts that he brings us in order to give us deliverance and strength, even through our departure from pride. Finally, let us embrace the good in this journey. I love the example of Father Lehi found in the scriptures. As they pitched their tents and observed their surroundings, Lehi named the river near them Laman. And this is what he said to his eldest son. Oh, that thou mightest be like unto this river, continually running into the fountain of all righteousness. Now we know the difficulty that this son caused, and that he and his brother Lemuel were like unto the Jews who were at Jerusalem. And we wouldn't be wrong to read this, that this was a father who was lamenting, Oh, if you were like this river. But wonder if Father Lehi was looking at his son knowing the strengths that Laman possessed, and he was attempting to build upon those strengths. Perhaps Laman was a natural leader who pushed forward with high energy in whatever he pursued. Perhaps Father Lehi wasn't criticizing his son for what he isn't, but was guiding him to correctly use what he already had. The same can be imagined for his conversation with Lemuel. Lehi said, Oh, that thou mightest be like unto this valley, firm and steadfast and immovable in keeping the commandments of the Lord. It is possible that Lehi saw in his son that he was of a steady nature, still like a valley, and that if his heart was opened to the commandments of God, he could use those strengths to provide the gospel a nurturing and safe place to dwell. So none of us are starting on this journey without skills to be successful. Laman and Lemuel could have chosen to be successful and had strengths to make it possible. So I ask you to know your strengths, to not beat yourself up on all the things you need to change, but to know the good in which you're starting from and to use those strengths in order to be able to make weak things strong. I don't remember who said this, but it stuck with me that a weakness is just a strength on overdrive that is tired. So there's not as much of a change that you need to make as you might think. And that power comes from recognizing the Lord, being grateful for his tender mercies, and then also recognizing the strength and good that is already in you. Like any good road trip, there may be challenges and some uncomfortable moments. You may not always feel like you are progressing, and at best you may feel like you're circling. Just keep traveling. Your appetite for approval and acceptance from others may not be easily quenched. Please pause and reflect on the Lord's acceptance of you. You may feel that you frequently stumble on your humanness during this journey, and you may fear the feelings of enmity that rise up in you more quickly than you prefer them to rise up. Just keep traveling. Trust in the Lord's love, His atonement, and the route that one of His prophets directed you towards. Keep your sights on the land of promise that the Lord has prepared for you. 
and just keep traveling. I hope this helps. Don't get overwhelmed. One step at a time. Use the provisions that you already have. Choose your route. Express gratitude towards the Lord. Know your strengths. And just keep traveling. Talk to you later, friends.